Welcome to Hachzik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. At the end of Mesil Shisharim, the Ramchal writes a chasima, which is sort of a poem, um, which was his style. He was a poet and a playwright as well as a great Talmud Chacham, an author. Um, this uh, poem really serves as what we would call in a, in a safer or a, a book, an acknowledgement section, a thank you section to the people that helped him uh, publish the safer. Um, he calls out specifically two people. Number one, Harab David Ben Rafal Meldola, um, who was a Bezdin in France, uh, was also a Machaber Svarim, Chuvis Mayim Rabim, and uh, Maye David, uh, as well as Harab Yaakov Ben Avram Bassan, um, who he says was his proofreader. Um, uh, Avram Bassan, the father um, of Yaakov uh, Bassan, uh, was known as a proofreader, a big Talmud Chachma proofreader in uh, Amsterdam, where the Sefer was published. So it makes sense that his son would follow in that path. Um, and uh, the Ramchal uh, writes, actually it doesn't write, but it's, it's uh, Yaakov Bassan wrote an introduction to the Mesil Sesharim in the first edition. Um, and it was stated that he had himself a similar Sefer to publish, but when he read this Sefer, he thought it was better and therefore uh, helped the Ramchal publish the Sefer. Uh, what's interesting to note is the name, Basan. And uh, the Rebbe Mufak of the Ramchal was Rabbi Shaya Basan. And I have no idea if there was a, a, a connection, family connection between um, Yaakov and Avram Basan and, and Rabbi Shaya Basan. But Rabbi Shaya Basan was his Rebbe Mufak and really uh, went through all of the tsaras that the Ramchal went through in his life together with him. Um, in the beginning of this hakdom, of this uh, epilogue, uh, the Ramchal writes um, that uh, he, you know, that this this uh, will be zayis nechamasi be'eretz taluvayis be'ekra shema rachayvayis. He's going to call the sefer, so to speak, his uh, his respite from his travails. And this sefer was, in fact, a makubal in the world. It was a very hush of a sefer. But after all the Ramchal went through in his life, it, it was sort of a, a, a point of respite when he finally got to Amsterdam, when he was able to, to, uh, to live and, and be benachas ruach. Um, just to give a little bit of an overview of the Ramchal's problems in his life that he went through until this point, um, he had a number of very hush of a rebbeim one of whom was uh, Harav Binyamin Kon Vitali, um, who's in, in his youth, and his whose son-in-law was Rabbi Shaya Basan. Rabbi Shaya Basan became his Rabbi Mufok. At a young age in Padua, Rabbi Shaya Basan was the, the chief rabbi of Padua, Italy. Um, so the Ramchal in Padua set up like a Chabura Kedosha, like a group of... Uh, of young young people that were his holy society, so to speak, um, with which he learned Kabbalah. And these were medical students who were studying in Padua, but for the most part, they, they took on a lot of chumras upon themselves. They had a seder where they would learn 24 hours straight, they would switch off. So somebody in that base medrash was always there learning. Um, and they learned Kabbalah. Um, at a certain point, uh, the Ramchal was zoiche to what we would call a maggid, a malach who came to learn with him. And uh, uh, he wrote about it uh, on, in a number of different places, uh, about what he had learned and how he had uh, interacted with this maggid and how he came to, to, to come close to him. 
And similar to what uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo also had a Magid in the Sefer Magid Meshorim, he writes of his interactions with the Magid. Um, this was secret. Nobody knew about it except this, this holy society, this Chabura Kedosha, um, except at a certain point, one of his Talmidim, Yikutiel Gordon, uh, wrote to a, a letter to a Mordechai Yafi, who was a business associate of his family's, uh, who he was originally originally from Brisk, and uh, and his family lived in Lithuania, and he wrote about this issue of the Magid. Um, uh, this was, uh, you know, in the year 1729. The Ramchal was born in 1707, so uh, he was obviously at a young age at this point. He was uh, around 22. He wasn't married yet. Um, he was learning teaching Kabbalah and had a Magid, and um, it's not clear whether he wrote at with the acquiescence of the Ramchal, at the direction of the Ramchal, or on his own. But this letter eventually made its way to Rav Moshe Chagiz, who was one of the uh, great G'dayle Torah in, in Yishalayim and later in Hamburg. And it greatly disturbed him because this was the post-Shaptai era. And uh, there was a big concern about another uh, person coming to take, make a Churban like Shaptai Tzvi had made uh, only a short time before. And this Moshe Chagiz began to be right after Ramchal. He went to the Rabbanim in Vienna um, and uh, with charges. And eventually there was a trial set up and, uh, and uh, the Ramchal had to appear. He was a big honor in the way he appeared and was was machnia uh, um, to, to this Bezdin, even though the Bezdin of Venice had really little to do with Padua. But um, um, his Rebbe defended him and the Bezdin basically put the uh, uh, Yeshaya Basan in charge of overseeing that everything he was doing was okay. All of his writings were taken and sealed in a box. And part of the deal was that the uh, that he was supposed to get married, which he did. He married a woman by the name of Tsipira, which he thought was a very unique thing. His name was Moshe, his wife was Tsipira. Um, and things settled down for a while, um, or so he thought, um, until he was ready to publish a sefer by the name of Chaykar Vahamakubal, which is a, a dialogue uh, between somebody who's looking for answers and a Makubal who's giving the answers. And the entire issue was started up again. Um, and they were right of him terribly until the point that he decided he had to leave and was going to go to Amsterdam, which was a more open-minded place where they would be macabre him and he wouldn't have these problems. Um, he left to Amsterdam in 1734, but in 1735, on the way to Amsterdam, um, he uh, uh, was in Frankfurt am Main when the uh, Moshe Chagiz and his Chavrayi uh, delay caught up with him. And the chief rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Kohn of, uh, of Frankfurt am Main, uh, basically forced him to sign a paper that he wouldn't be uh, involved anymore with Kabbalah. He wouldn't be teaching Kabbalah anymore. He could learn, but he couldn't, he couldn't teach Kabbalah anymore. Um, and because he felt that they wouldn't allow him to proceed in, the, in his way, uh, he was stuck. He felt he had no choice. He signed this document. And with that, he went on to Amsterdam. And in Amsterdam, uh, he uh, uh, led a much, much more peaceful life. He became a, a very hush of a, uh, a person there that people came to, to learn from. Um, but he refused to teach Kabbalah, even though people uh, tried to prod him to teach Kabbalah. He had made this, uh, this uh, signed this document that he would only teach Kabbalah if he went to Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, he would be allowed to, but not in Europe. Um, and this, at that point in 1740 in uh, Amsterdam, he wrote and published a Mesilas Yisharim. And this was a uh, basically a, a great safer because it was all of the deus, so to speak, of the Ramchal with the Kabbalah aspects removed. 
um, and uh, uh, it became a, a, a tremendous, uh, a tremendously important safer. Um, for a certain reason, whatever, at the, around 1745, 46, he decided to go to Yisrael. Um, I guess he wanted to live out his time there. And shortly after arriving in Eretz Yisrael, he passed away in a cholera epidemic um, and was buried in Tveria, uh, right next to the kever of Rabbi Akiva. And I had heard once from an Adam Gadol that, uh, that the Ramchal actually, you know, Rabbi Akiva was for 40 years before he became started learning, and the Ramchal uh, represented the first 40 years of Rabbi Akiva's life. That he uh, that he filled in, and that's why he was buried uh, right next to Rabbi Akiva. I don't know if that's true, but that's uh, I heard this once from a very Choshevid. So the Ramchal, uh, who lived a very difficult life, yet was extremely prolific and extremely uh, 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 deep. Um, had he lived longer, who knows what we would have from him, what kind of svarim we would have from him. But the svarim that that we do have now, a lot of manuscripts were found later. The box with his old manuscripts was supposed to have been burned, but apparently, you know, there's a, there are all kind of legends that it was found. Parts of it were destroyed, parts of it weren't. Um, other writings of the Ramchal had, uh, have come to light. Uh, some as recently as uh, the 1920s, 30s, and 40s uh, were published. Um, Rabchaim Friedlander was one who uh, worked very hard on the, on the Ksavim of the Ramchal. So we have a lot of his uh, writings today, and not just the Svarim that the, that were major Svarim that we knew about, but even Svarim that have come to light later on. And uh, that's why this Sefer, Mesil Sharm is such an important Sefer, as, as I mentioned in the beginning. Uh, the uh, the, uh, the Gain used to say that this Sefer does not have one extra word in it, and coming from the Gain, that's a very, very strong approbation. So uh, hopefully uh, we will take to light all and, and take to heart all of the great teachings of the Ramchal that we've learned from the Sefer Masil Shisharim. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.